Hi, hello. Welcome to Social Prachar exclusive podcast series of data science learning. And the topic is data science prerequisites, top skills every data scientist need to have. Data science is a massive sector. It is not just one standalone topic, but a combination of many. Often, many of us wondering from where to start the learning and what are the prerequisites for data science. So, in this explanation, we will go through some of the topics that are required for aspiring data scientists to master in order to solve data-oriented problems. We will divide this discussion into two sections, fundamentals prerequisites and programming prerequisites of data science. Then we will further elaborate on each topic and list out important parts of both the sections required to be a proficient data scientist. Let us start with our first data science prerequisites, fundamental prerequisites. What are the prerequisites for data science? Here are some fundamental prerequisites for data science. Statistics. Data science is a more recent terminology while it has been in existence for many decades. Its formal name was statistics and the data scientist was known as statistician. Data science is all about statistics. It forms the core backbone and gives data science its true form. Data science is like a powerful sports car. It is a state-of-the-art machine that can churn data and give out insights about it. Under the hood lies base statistics. This statistics powers the car and gives it the ability to process all the information that comes along the way. In order to master data science, one must first learn statistics. There are various concepts in statistics that one must know about. Overall statistics can be classified into two groups, descriptive statistics, inferential statistics. Descriptive statistics. Descriptive statistics is about describing the data. It helps you to understand your data. It deals with the quantitative summarizations of your data through numerical representation or graphs. Some of the concepts required for understanding descriptive statistics are normal distribution, central tendency, courtesies, variability. Normal distribution. Normal distribution also known as Gaussian distribution is a representation of large samples of data in a plot. It is a distribution of the values of a variables using a probability function. In a normal distribution, there is a symmetric bell shape curve where the observation clusters at a central peak where they represent average or mean. As the values move further away from the mean, they Tapper off equally in both the left and right direction in order to perform inferential statistics. It is necessary for the data to be normally distributed. Central tendency. A central tendency or measure of central tendency identifies a central point within a given sample of data. There are three parts of central tendency means medium, mode and mean like the normal distribution that we discussed above. Means occurs at the central point of the sample data and it is known as a arithmetic average of all the data values. It is a sum of all data values divided by the number of data values. 
Another measure of central tendency is median. A median is a middle value of the data arranged in order to their ascending magnitude. It is easier to find a middle value in a set of odd numbers but in order to find the middle value of the set of even numbers. We take the average of the two middle scores and take the output values as a median. The third measure of central tendency is mode. A mode is a most frequently occurring values in the given data sample. Next topic is skewness and courtesies. Skewness means the lack of symmetric in a data sample. A symmetrical data is present in the form of normal distribution where the trail is evenly distributed to the left and right side of the mean. Skewness is zero for a normally distributed data sample. A positive skewness is facilitated by the data aggregating to the left side whereas a negative skewness occurs when the data is sca scattered to the right side. One of the other hand, courtesies is a measurement of the tailedness of the probability distribution. It measures if the data is heavily tailed or light tailed in relation to the central location of the distribution. With high courtesies, data sets are heavily tailed whereas with light courtesies, data set possess light tails. Variability. Variability is a measure that determines how far is the data point from the central means of the distribution. It also measures the magnitude of the distance between these data points. The measures of variability are range, variance and standard deviation and interquartile range. Range is a measure of the difference between the largest and the smallest value of your data sample. Variance is a difference of the squares values from the mean and standard deviation is a square root of the variance. Interquartile range is a difference between the upper quartile and the lower quartile. The lower quartile is the first quartile representing 25% of the data whereas upper quartile is the third quartile representing 75% of the data. After getting introduced to descriptive statistics and various measurements involved in it, we will move ahead to inferential statistics. Inferential statistics, while descriptive statistics is about describing the data, inferential statistics is about inferring or concluding from the data. In general, inferential statistics is about making inference about the population through a smaller sample. For example, considering that you have to count the number of people who have been vaccinated for polio in India, there are two ways to do this you ask each and every person in the country if they have been vaccinated or you draw a sample of people from your city and use a res responses from the local population to calculate the average number of vaccinated people in the country the first method is not feasible as it is impossible to ask every individual citizen of this country the second task can be performed but with the implementation of certain statistical measures that will help us to draw conclusion or inference from a small sample and use it to understand trends and patterns of a much larger group of people. In this section, we will discuss in brief and introduce these inferential statistics tools that will help us to do the above task. Central Limit the Theorem 
According to the central limit theorem, the means of the sample is the same as that of the entire population. This also means that the standard deviation of a sample will be equal to the standard deviation of the population. And finally, with the increase in the sample size, the standard errors will become lower resulting in a more normal shape curve. This will also help in determining the means of the population more accurately. One concept that is important in central limit theorem is confidence interval. This confidence interval is a measure of an estimate of an population means. A confidence interval surrounds the mean of your sample. The process of constructing your interval involves the addition of a margin of error. You can calculate the margin error by multiplying the standard error of means with the z-score of the percentage of a confidence level. Therefore, it is concluded that a confidence level presents the percentage of interval estimated containing the population. Hypothesis testing. Hypothesis testing is a measure of the testing and assumption. It is used to infer the result of the hypothesis performance performed on sample group from a large group or population. The hypothesis that we need to test is called the null hypothesis and the hypothesis against which we need to test is known as an alternate hypothesis. Null hypothesis is often the ideal case that we need to test. For example, suppose we are surveying two groups of people, one group that smoke and the other group which does not smoke. We assume that the mean of cancer patients in the smoking group is the same as the means of cancer patients in the non-smoking group. This is our null hypothesis that we need to test and decide if we have a have to reject this hypothesis or not. Conversely, our alternate hypothesis would be the number of cancer patients in the smoking group is much more than the non-smoking group. Therefore, the mean of the cancer patients in the smoking group is much higher than the non-smoking group. Based on the given data and the evidence, we are able to test the two hypotheses and conclude if we need to reject the null hypothesis or we do not need to reject the null hypothesis. The hypothesis is test in four steps. We need to explain both the null and alternate hypothesis so that one of its can be rejected. Evaluating the data through an analysis plan. Compute the test statistics and physically analyze the sample data. Finally, we interrupt the result and reject one of the two hypotheses. ANOVA ANOVA is basically hypothesis testing for multiple groups. It is used to check if the group have the same means and variance, while t-test can provide or prove to be tedious and complex owing to various factors. ANOVA can perform this role much better with a minimal error rate. Using F ratio, we can measure ANOVA F ratio is defined as the ratio of the mean square between groups to the mean square internally in the groups. The various steps towards calculating ANOVA are understanding and generating the two hypotheses, null and alternative. In null hypothesis, assume that the means of all the groups in the same 
whereas in the an alternative hypothesis the means is different calculate the mean squares with groups and mean squares between the groups calculate the f ratio using the above calculated values using the f table calculate the probability if the calculated f value is greater than the f critical value then we reject our null hypothesis quantitative data analysis two of the common quantitative data analysis techniques are correlation and regression correlation is a statistical relationship between two random variables and bivariable data there are three types of correlations positive correlation negative correlation and zero correlation a positive correlation means that there is a relationship between two variable that enables them to increase and decrease together in a negative correlation an increase or increment in one form of variable caused a decrement in another variable whereas in a zero correlation there is absolutely no relation between the two variables some common example of correlations are there is a positive correlation between two people or people who eat more or obesity similarly there is a negative correlation between people spending their time to exercise and their weight gain another type of quantitative data analysis is regression regression is a statistical technique for estimating the relationship among variables regression can be a simple regression multiple regression based on the number of independent variables furthermore if the function used in non linear in nature then the type of regression is called non linear regression after going through some of the basic concepts of statistics in brief we will now go through some of the mathematical prerequisites for data science mathematics for machine learning there are two really important topics for mathematics that one must know before getting into data science and machine learning while the depth of mathematics may seem daunting at first but if you use the right approach through the practical implementation of mathematics or maths if it can be quite fun with this let us take a look at two of the concepts required to master in data science linear linear algebra linear algebra refers to study of vectors and linear functions linear algebra is central to all the topics of mathematics and in the case of data science linear algebra forms the core backbone of machine learning it involves various matrix vectors and tensor operations to carry out machine learning algorithm various machine learning topics like computer vision and natural language process rely heavily on linear regression or linear algebra with the emergency of advanced deep learning algorithms computers are able to perform complex linear algebra problems your mobile phone using facial recognition to unlock itself relies on linear algebra also linear algebra is used in principal component analysis which is a topic of dimensionality reduction in machine learning furthermore it is used to conjunction with statistics through its implementation in multivariate statistics solution to least squares in regression and 
covariance matrix in Gaussian distribution. Therefore, in order to become a data scientist, one must have strong fundamental in linear algebra. Next topic is calculus. Calculus is a mathematical study of continuous change. We need calculus to understand how quantities dis dissipate, derivative and accumulate, integrate over time. In data science, calculus is used to used in optimization techniques. One such optimization technique that uses calculus is gradient descent. Gradient descent is a measurement of the change in the output of a function with a change in input. Gradient descent makes use of a cost function which measures the goodness of a given lines. To find the gradients of this line, we make use of partial differential calculus. Another important form of calculus used in data science is multivariant calculus. Therefore, to understand optimization principles in machine learning, a data scientist must know calculus. Programming prerequisites for data science. After going through some of the fundamental prerequisites for data science, we will now have a look at some of the programming language and tools required for this field. While the fundamentals are necessary for designing uh, recipes for cooking data science problems, we need programming language and tools as its essential ingredients. Some of the tools and programming languages specialized for data science are Excel, Python, R, SQL. So coming to uh, Excel, Excel is an ideal introductory tool for data science. Microsoft Excel is a widely used for data analysis, creating spreadsheets, visualization and complex calculations. You can implement the basic concepts of statistics in Excel. It will teach you the basics of data analysis and how to inference uh, with tables. It will also help you to understand descriptive statistics through its visualization abilities. You can also stimulate a basic neural networks in the spreadsheet of Excel to have a clear understanding of it. You can learn various features of Excel like data sorting, filter, creating pivot tables to get a better understanding of handling data. Overall, for beginners who are learning how to handle data, Excel can be a good start. Python. It is one of the most popular programming language. It has a variety of applications ranging from a web application development to data science. Python is widely used as a programming language for data science due to the mass abundance of libraries and packages. Python is open source which means that you can enjoy a wide range of support for development and implementation of data science tools. It also popular due to its code reliability and an easily learning curve. This means that it is an ideal programming language for beginners. Python is an interpreter based language as it interprets the Python code line by line. This offers a huge advantage when it comes to debugging. Python offers a large number of libraries like TensorFlow, PyTorch, Keras, Scikit-Learning that are specially or specifically tailored for data science and machine learning. R programming. R is a most popular tool for the data science aspirants and professionals data scientists alike. R is a customized to develop statistical models for analyzing large amount of data. While R is an excellent tool for complex statistical problems, it has a problem 
of a steep learning curve making it difficult for beginners in order to become a proficient data science it is a must that you can learn r r also provides a variant variety of libraries and tools for in-depth data analysis r has a cluster of pre-compiled distribution packages called CRN. there are over 10000 packages and crane for various statistical applications for beginners r studio is an ideal platform for users to test their r code in a standardized environment sql is the most important programming language required for data science it is a database query language which means that it is used to retrieve information from database a database is a collection of information organized in rows and columns in a table sql is a tool that data scientists use for retrieving manipulating and managing the data the type of database used is called relational database the word relational means that the data is structured and organized in rows and columns of table sql has several properties like sqlite mysql etc sql has been used for several years and is one of the easiest or earlier tool developed for managing data data extraction is the four more and principal step in the data science making sql an important tool finally the conclusion is data science is a vast field based on multiple fields in order to master data science one must have knowledge of the underlying fields while mastering every field is far from impossible one can attain the essential insights about all the underlying fields of data science you can further learn or required necessary tools and skill required for data science please follow our podcast series for all latest news have a great time thank you